welcome to Healthy Perspectives Podcast with Jeremiah, where we provide clinical perspectives on current social and cultural issues. And don't forget, you can subscribe at Podbean, Spotify, Apple, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Please subscribe at any or all of them. You can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Getter, Twitter, and many other social media sites. Or you can email us at healthy perspectives with an S at protonmail.com. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us. As always, we appreciate your time. We know you have lots of options and we are glad that you choose us as one of them. So thank you. Today is a look back. A look back to the date, August the 29th. I posted a podcast. The podcast was titled Diagnosing Twitter. And Diagnosing Twitter was probably one of my favorite podcasts to post. It's, you know, it's a short one, but it was really taking into account something that I was doing as an experiment on myself. So I didn't have to get permission because it was just me experimenting with me. <clears throat> and I had spent almost an entire month. I was like a day shy of an entire month or something like that of getting onto Twitter and exploring it, trying to understand uh, the beast that was Twitter. Now, this was all before Elon Musk bought Twitter. There had already been an, an agreement. The purchase was supposed to be happening. Uh, but then there was like talk that it wasn't going to happen and all this stuff. Well, today I am going to recap that. If you want to hear it in detail, go back and listen. But I'm going to do a quick recap on that. And then I'm going to tell you what my current experience is. Because through the month of December, I went on there and recreated the experiment uh, for the most part. I, I, I got different results though. And so something is shifting, I believe. And uh, I'm going to give you, it's obviously this is anecdotal, meaning it's just me presenting my findings based on my own personal experience. So some of this could be, uh, let's be real, a, a maturing in my process as well. Uh, but let's just hang in there and let's see what you think at the end. All right. When I look back at what Twitter was, I pulled up my own old notes. So those of you who are watching on YouTube or Rumble, uh, you know, you're going to see me looking down. I've, I've got my notes right in front of me. Uh, the recap. I had been ghosted back in August. Well, the month of December, I didn't get ghosted one time. Uh, I don't have a ton of followers, so it's pretty easy to tell when I'm ghosted because it goes from not a ton to like practically none. And that did not happen in, in December at all. Uh, I did uh, probably a better job of communicating. So uh, the difference in responses in some patterns was probably a result of my own growth. I acknowledge that. But I encountered these challenges back then. I was silenced. Uh, there was the assumption that <clears throat> anytime I said something that was middle of the road, it was assumed that I was Republican, MAGA, uh, Trumpster, that, um, that I was something that I am not necessarily 
when I look at my political uh, stance. Um, number three, uh, back then, this was in August, when I asked for specifics, I almost undoubtedly got generalizations. Number four was when I asked for general concepts, like what's the theory, what's the, the understanding there? I almost got, always got specific examples. So I couldn't get a straight answer most of the time. Number five, the most disturbing of them all at the time, was that some people were there purely to trigger reactions. Now, I made the assumption back then that it was probably for likes or personal thrill of creating an emotion or drama or whatever. I don't know if that's the case or not. That was my assumption back then. Um, but the most common thing in terms of language that they used in August was MAGA, gaslighting, moving goalposts, name calling, which was all over the board, but, you know, usually equated to you're stupid or you're lazy. Uh, when they realized that these didn't work or weren't working, then they would avoid the topic altogether and attack anything that I would say, whether it was smart or dumb or good or healthy or unhealthy. Like they would just attack. It didn't even matter what I was doing or saying. They would just attack. <coughs> if that wasn't working, then they would recruit friends. Now at the time I was thinking maybe that was an algorithmic issue but I don't know if that was the case. Like, I can't be sure that that's what was going on. But I was definitely, you know, it would be weird that it would go in this progression nearly every time. And so I diagnosed Twitter with narcissism, psychopathy, and potentially neurocognitive disorder. That's the recap. That was, that was from my notes back in August. Fast forward. We are now in January of 2023. Twitter has been under uh, the guidance of Elon Musk and his his group. Uh, we're actually, you know, it sounds like they're running with a ton less people. I'm not really sure how that's going to play out in the long run, but uh, we'll see. I mean, Elon Musk is a business person. He will probably try to find a way to to make profit and make money because that's typically what he has done in the past. Um, which, by the way, just a side note, I did a little poll, you know, about Elon Musk and his uh, his history of being a capitalist. And I said, is he still a capitalist? Is he maturing to either Democrat, Republican or something else? And uh, invariably, there was almost all all the feedback was he's still a capitalist. So do what you want with that information. It was a very small poll because, I, you know, I don't have a ton of followers. All right. That was August. Today, I'm going to highlight the challenges that I faced in December. In December, I noticed real quickly that the right was emboldened. And unfortunately, they took unnecessary, unnecessarily aggressive tones much of the time, which I didn't like. I was not a fan you know, uh, pictures of bullets, you know, and, you know, there's like just things that aren't, aren't necessary, just aggressive 
you know, like, you know, you, oh, you want to be baby killers. Like, really? I don't think that, generally speaking, I don't think people going in for abortions are going in because they want to kill a baby. I don't think that's what they're, you know, they're trying to do. Now, that aggressiveness really bothered me at times because it just was not necessary. It was, it was, you know, as, as the left would often say, inciting. I don't know if it branches into that because ultimately, you know, you're responsible for your behaviors. I'm responsible for my behaviors. And when my behaviors are going to encourage behaviors from you, then we're both a little bit responsible. Um, but at the end of the day, I, you know, if you went out and did something dumb, I, it can't be my responsibility. Um, you need to own your own junk at that point. Now, I need to own my junk. If I did something that was rude, disrespectful, um, unkind, like some of those posts I've seen from the right that has been emboldened, uh, then, then I would suggest that, yeah, there's some responsibility. Um, you're not responsible at the same level, but there's responsibility there. So that's challenge number one. Challenge number two, <clears throat> the name calling and false threats of leaving seem to have increased. I, I don't know why of all the, the different challenges that I encountered back in August, but that one seems to have actually increased. And that's, that's just a really crappy thing. I, I don't know why we, I mean, really, if you're on Twitter, I hope you're an adult because a lot of the content on there is designed specifically for adults. And, you know, there's, there's obviously sports stuff. There's, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff on there. There's, you know, regular, uh, you know, uh, famous people. I say regular famous people. So like, I don't know what all of that stuff is called. I'm sure there's titles for all of it, but at the end of the day, I don't understand why the name calling has increased of all the deficiencies. Like, why that one? Like, that's just a maturity thing. It seems to me that that would be an easy one to fix, but it's not. Number three. Challenge number three is that I've noticed, for whatever reason, stupid travels faster than wise, smart, compassionate, kind, caring. And that bothers me. That bothers me because, well, that's just sad. It's, it's just, to me at least, that's just sad. You know, we should be uh, perpetuating what we desire. Do we desire stupid over wise, compassionate, kind, loving, caring, respectful, Apparently on Twitter, we do. The changes, I'm going to point to two significant changes, two of them. Number one, dialogue seems to have increased in pockets. In other words, I can, I can actually get people to engage in conversation. They, I'm not getting them to change their mind. That's not my goal anyway. But I can get them to engage in conversation. That's a pretty good thing. Like, you know, if, if what we're trying to do is have a forum, a place to discuss and debate and have dialogue, dialogue meaning 
you're involved and I'm involved. It's not you're in a monologue and then I take over and do a monologue of my own. That's not dialogue. But we actually converse back and forth and back and forth, more like a tennis match than a, uh, uh, you know, an independent swim event, right? Like, I'm just going to try to break my, my best time. You know, no, like, there should be some back and forth and back and forth. In, it's called dialogue. And so that's good. I'm glad that's increasing in pockets. And number two, uh, nar- narcissism and psychopathy were the diagnoses that, diagnoses that I, I gave before. And that seems to be in pockets now. It doesn't seem to be nearly as rampant. It's not like all the way across the board at this point. And so that's exciting. Uh, not sure what to do with that yet, but I think that's good. So now I'm going to give you, unfortunately, I'm going to give you some additional diagnoses because I, you know, like I did last time, I want to give you some, some real good information. And so I'm going to pull out my trusty diagnostic manual. And based on my own experience as a, as somebody who diagnoses, uh, assesses diagnoses, uh, assesses diagnoses and treats mental illness, I'm going to go through, I have five potential diagnoses now. And they're all different. They're all different. I saw pockets of narcissism and psychopathy, but I don't see it rampant like I saw it in August. So I think it's shifting. I don't know where it's going to go, but I'm going to give you five options of what I'm seeing and sensing now that's different. All right. Number one, uh, I'm flipping open my manual. Hold on a second. We are going to go to page 42. On page 42, what we have is a language disorder. It basically says, well, now I'm going to just read some of it to you. A persistent difficulties in the acquisition and use of language across modalities, spoken, written, sign language, or other, due to deficits in comprehension or production that include reduced vocabulary, limited sentence structure, impairments in discourse. Well, it definitely fits a lot of what I see. Uh, is that the, uh, the only diagnosis? No, not by any stretch of the imagination. So I'm going to flip forward and say, all right, let's take a look at other possibilities that exist now. Social, pragmatic, communication disorder. What that one says, persistent difficulties in social use of verbal and nonverbal communication as manifested by all of the following deficits in using communication for social purposes, such as greeting and sharing information in a manner that is appropriate for social context. Yeah, I think that's definitely an issue. Impairment of the ability to change communication to match context or the needs of the listener, such as speaking differently in a classroom than on a playground, and so on and so on. And then the third one, difficulties following rules for conversation and storytelling, such as taking turns in conversation, rephrasing when misunderstood, and knowing how to use verbal and nonverbal signals. So that definitely could have fit as well. So now those two are typically early onset uh, disorders. You're talking about, uh, we see them in kids, uh, young adults, maybe that just haven't developed well. 
But now we're going to fast forward up to the last three. The last three are going to be much uh, more adult-like, although we do see symptomology in children, uh, but they're more adult-like diagnoses. Actually, one of them is pretty common in, in teen years, so early adolescence. All right, I'm flipping forward to page 202, where it says, Social Anxiety Disorder, or Social Phobia. Basically, it's an increase of anxiety that results as a, a, a fear of being socially uh, inept or inadequate. And I could get into all of the details. Most of you all know what social anxiety is. Uh, you have experienced it many, many times as adults. Uh, at least if you haven't yourself, you have encountered it. You know, there are times in social arenas we are you know, inadequate, and then we, that lack of confidence becomes a, a big thing. Two more, and then I want you to leave me your thoughts and your comments, all right? Uh, page 462, there is a diagnosis. It is called Oppositional Defiant Disorder. For those of you who don't know what that means, oops, sorry, I bumped the mic. What that means is a pattern of angry, irritable mood argumentative, defiant behavior, or vindictiveness lasting at least six months. Well, I don't know if it's been more than six months. Although when I look back to August, I think some of this was there. Uh, I just think a lot of it was being drowned out because of the ghosting stuff that was going on, but I'm not positive. So maybe it hasn't been six months, but definitely on track. That means anger, irritability, argumentative and defiant behavior, vindictiveness. They're all clearly defined in the DSM. If you're interested, you can look it up. It's not hard to find. And then the last diagnosis that I'm going to highlight is conduct disorder. Conduct disorder is a repetitive or persistent pattern of behavior in which the basic rights of others are or major age-appropriate societal norms or rules are violated as manifested by the presence of at least three of the following. It talks about bullying. It talks about physical fights. It talks about things like name-calling, uh, using weapons uh, as, as a way of, of gaining control and power. So I raise all of this to your attention, not because diagnosing Twitter is the most important thing that we could do, but because I want to raise your uh recognition of the dysfunction that we see on these social platforms. These social platforms will always have some level of dysfunction, in my opinion, because people are there. <laughs> and as long as people are there, the dysfunction is inevitably going to come through the people and onto the platform. What this means long-term I'm not sure. I can tell there's a shift, but to what end? I guess we're going to have to wait and see. So let me know what you think about my diagnoses, uh, my assessment, and thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate your time. Have a good one. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. Please take a look at our website at www.healthyperspectives.com with a dash in between the healthy and the perspectives, make sure there's an S at the end.com. So again, www.healthy-perspectives with an S.
www.thepowerhouse.com. 